You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu, and on this edition of the show, we're going to be discussing the future of William Saliba. We're going to be talking about the French defender. We'll be taking your thoughts, your comments, your questions uh, on the subject from the live chat box, and we'll be discussing anything else that you guys bring up in the live chat too. Um Lots to get into, as always. Uh, if you haven't checked out our post-Arsenal Leeds reaction videos, you can do so by checking them out on this very channel. Uh, there's an instant reaction video from inside the Emirates Stadium at the full-time whistle, which is something I'm going to be making an effort to do uh, for every single home game now moving forward. Um, there is the post-match reaction podcast, which is available on not just YouTube, but on all major platforms, uh, podcast platforms, that is. And then, of course, today, myself and Mike Stavrou continued to unpack the uh, the uh, game against Leeds, the win over Leeds, a win that sees Arsenal book their place in the last eight of the Carabao Cup. Had a few of you asking me on social media when the Carabao Cup quarterfinal draw is, and the draw is on Saturday. Now, usually, the draw takes place after the last fixture, right? That's normally how it works in the Carabao Cup. So, you can be forgiven if you thought it was happening tonight. I thought it was happening tonight until I was informed otherwise. But it's actually taking place on Saturday morning live on Sky Sports' Soccer AM show. So you can catch it there if you do indeed want to watch it. But let's get back to the subject at hand. And that subject is William Saliba. Now, of course, the Arsenal defender has been the subject of much debate since the club splashed out around about £27 million to acquire him from Saint-Étienne. He was sent initially back on loan to Saint-Étienne for a season. When he came to Arsenal in the second season, many of us figured that he'd be part of the squad. That wasn't to be the case, though. Mikel Arteta deciding that he wasn't ready, that he wasn't um, in the best place. He wasn't in a place from which he could help the club, help the team. And there was a grave error made, in my opinion, whereby the club simply didn't register him. They didn't register him for the first part of the season, which meant he was cast aside, cast out into the cold and really, really struggled. And he's made no secret about his dissatisfaction at the way he's been treated since he signed for Arsenal. And to a degree, I get it. No, actually, not even to a degree. I get it. OK, it's it's not ideal. You know, you're this youngster who... He's seen as a rising star in European football, who's seen to be very, very good at his trade, who's very, very strong in his position, one of the most promising prospects that French football has to offer. You join Arsenal, a club that many young French players grow up admiring and looking at because of the obvious links with Arsene Wenger and the history in terms of how many young, promising French talents we developed and put into the kind of global market and you know, onto the global stage. So that would have felt like a dream for William Saliba. Signing the deal with Arsenal would have been brilliant. And then to see it kind of fall flat, a lot obviously changed in between him actually arriving at Arsenal and signing the contract. Um, Sven Mizenintat was someone that was instrumental 
from what I'm told. Uh, sorry, Sven intact. Raul Sanlehi uh, is somebody that was instrumental, from what I'm told, in that deal. Um, and obviously, he was no longer at the club. Neither was Unai Emery, who was the boss at the time we made the signing. It was Mikel Arteta, and things had changed a great deal at Arsenal in that kind of interim period. So he's turned up. He's not been deemed ready. He's not been part of the plans. He's not been made to feel wanted, made to feel loved. And he's understandably got upset about that. He's missed an entire season or entire half season, sorry, of football by being unregistered. And then he got his loan move to Nice for the second part of last season, where he did relatively well. Now, I say relatively well because there were mixed reviews on William Saliba's time at Nice. I think for the most part, it was positive, but there were a lot of people that were unsure. There were a lot of people that were pointing out his inconsistencies, which again, I talk about a lot of the time being down to players being at that stage in their careers where they're not quite ripe yet, if that makes sense, where they're not quite um, in a place where they can, you know, really contribute at the highest level. And I think that was fair with William Saliba. I, I think that there has been inconsistencies, even at his time, even in his time, sorry, with Marseille so far. If you look properly, if you look closely, if you really pay attention and study his performances for Marseille, you will see that there are some inconsistencies. He was really, really poor in a recent European game and got a lot of criticism off the back of that, um, you know, in, in France. That kind of doesn't always get translated into the English media. I don't feel anyway. I feel like there is this desire to write the story that he is this really wronged young man who came to Arsenal with big dreams and big hopes, saw them shattered and has ended up having to go back to his home country to feel loved, to feel wanted, and is now proving everybody wrong. And I would actually say it's the opposite. I would say the fact that he's playing the way he's playing at Marseille actually proves that Arsenal and Mikel Arteta were right to send him out on loan. It was the correct decision for a number of reasons, and I'll tell you why. First of all, in my view, he doesn't play anywhere near as much if he stays at Arsenal. He's not playing in a league that he's familiar with. He's not playing in one of the most powerful clubs in that country anymore, as he is at Marseille now. So going over there means that at Marseille, he plays in a big pressurized environment in a massive club. I still think Marseille are probably the biggest club in French football. He's there. He's learning his trade. He's developing. He's improving. He's playing and he's an integral part of that team. Can you hand on your heart say that given what we've seen in the last six, eight weeks, that he would be ahead of Gabriel or ahead of Ben White? I don't think that you can say that. Now, I'm not saying there's not a conversation to be had and there's not an argument or a debate that you could have around that particular subject. But you can't definitely 100% say that he starts ahead of any of those two players, in which case he does not play and he does not get the game time that he so desperately needs in order to continue developing. Game time that he is clearly getting at Marseille. So I think the low move, you know, when you think about all of those things I've just mentioned and the fact that within that you still get the William Saliba inconsistent performances that have been a thing throughout his career, to be fair. And I think people have often overlooked it because of how young he is. And it's not to dig him out because I use that excuse for some of the young players that are at our club and are struggling. Um, 
you know, to to find that consistency level week in, week out. So it's not a criticism of William Saliba, but the inconsistency has been there throughout his career. And it's a short career so far. And I'm sure that consistency will be improved on as he develops and as he moves forward. But you can't ignore that. You can't. And, and the fact that you can't ignore that and the fact that you're seeing flashes of brilliance, flashes of not things not so good, and the fact that then you consider he wouldn't be a starter at Arsenal, for me anyway, right now, you have to say that sending him out on loan was the right thing. But the big concern at the moment is, are Arsenal going to be able to persuade William Saliba that his future is at the club moving forward? And the reason I bring this up today and the reason we're discussing this today is because of a report that has emerged from The Sun. Now, it's The Sun here in the UK who claim that Arsenal, and I quote, are struggling to persuade Saliba to commit his future to the club. Questions around the club's treatment of the player um, were mentioned. They also talked about a rift. That was the term they used between him and Mikel Arteta and whether or not that can ever be mended. Now, if you remember when he was left out of the squad, if you are a long-time listener, when he was left out of the squad, and unregistered and then moved out on loan at the last minute to Nice in the January window, I was one of the people that said, I don't know if this relationship between William Saliba and Mikel Arteta can be mended. You know, I'm not sure. But things change in football. Things change in football quite quickly and sometimes quite dramatically. And come come the end of this season, William Saliba might look at Arsenal and say, they're a much improved side. Ben White and Gabriel have been very, very good. And therefore, um, you know, he was right to loan me out. I've also, on the other hand, developed and improved my game and have got much more valuable experience. Therefore, actually, the decision wasn't so bad. I didn't like it at the time. I still don't like the way I was treated, but I can understand it. And if William Saliba is mature enough and those things that I've said come to fruition, then you push it to one side and you get on with it and you do what's best for your footballing career. Mikel Arteta, I don't think we'll have an issue taking him back. I don't think it was ever personal with Mikel Arteta in him. I think it was simply he didn't feel he was up to it. He didn't feel he was ready. And he decided that it's a long-term project. He is going to be given the time, Mikel Arteta. So why not get the best version of William Saliba that he possibly can have, even if it means missing out on him for a season? And that's exactly what's happened here. I can see a couple of you in the comments section saying, um, you know, are you really taking the Sun newspaper seriously? The Arsenal granny says, sounds like a made up story. I'm not taking it deadly seriously. Um, I've got to be honest. But the reason I mentioned the report or the reason that I did this subject today is because the report has emerged today, but also because it's a subject I've wanted to talk about for a few days. Briefly touched on it on one of our pre uh, post-match shows I think it was after when he played really, really well against Paris Saint-Germain. We touched on it briefly. We talked about, you know, his time there and and what's happening. But it's something that's always been in my mind, especially over the last couple of weeks to talk about. And with this report coming out today, I felt like it was a good opportunity because it's a very valid discussion, regardless of whether you think the Sun are talking crap or not. There is question marks around his future. There is question marks around his relationship uh, you know, with Mikel Arteta and the football club. And so I think it's certainly worth exploring and having a conversation about. So we put a poll out on the YouTube channel um, for this uh, for this stream. And, uh, and the poll was uh, as follows, and I'll just uh, bring it up on my screen. Bear with me a second. 
Probably should have had it ready. Uh, are you worried William Saliba may want to leave the club in the summer? And at the moment, 62% of you, our listeners, not the Sun newspaper, are worried that William Saliba will want to leave the club um, come the summer. Now, 40% of you say no. I'm leaning slightly towards the no side, but I understand why people are concerned because of all those factors we keep talking about. You know, is he going to look at the situation if Gabriel and Ben White and let Touchwood, it continues with them to perform him really, really well. Is he going to look at it and say, well, I don't want to go there and be a third choice centre-back. You know, it depends on William Saliba a lot, doesn't it? What's his character like? Is he someone who's going to look at the situation and say, I want to get there. The club paid big money for me. I want to prove my worth. I want to work my way into this team. I feel I'm better than Ben White. I feel I'm better than Gabriel. So let me go back there, show everyone that I can do it and force my way back into the team. Or does he look at it the other way? Does his ego get big? Does all the praise that he seems to be receiving on a regular basis at the moment get to his head and put him in a place where he's going, no, you know, I'm I'm too good for that. I'm too good to go to Arsenal and potentially be a substitute, potentially not be in the starting eleven. Therefore, I want to go elsewhere and I'm going to try and force through a move. And from Arsenal's perspective, right, we spent a lot of money on this guy. £27 million for a player of his age is not to be sniffed at. It's a fair amount of money. And when you consider that we haven't seen him play a single competitive game for Arsenal, it sounds crazy. Absolutely crazy. And Arsenal have made a decision, in my opinion, or have shown at least that they're willing to just kind of draw a line on the things that were done badly in the past, draw a line on the previous mistakes and start again. And a lot of that has been evidenced in the way that they've spent money this summer, I think, in the fact that they almost ripped up contracts of a number of players who they just didn't feel were part of the future and went back to basics. Because in that sense, they've backed Mikel Arteta just as much as they've backed him in terms of bringing players in. So I think for me, um, you know, Arsenal are not worried necessarily about losing out on the money that they spent on William Saliba. That's done. It's dusted. They've drawn a line under it. If they could make something back on him and it is decided that he doesn't want to be at the club, then you do it now. You do it with a bit of time remaining on his contract because the longer you leave the situation unresolved and if you decide to loan him out again or whatever the case is, then that value is always decreasing. So I think if Arsenal and William Saliba are not on the same page come the end of the season, then you probably look at your options and you probably look at moving him on so that you can at least recuperate some of that money and reinvest it back into the squad. But I think Arsenal will pick what's best from a footballing perspective. I think Arsenal will pick or will go with what the manager feels because he seems to have been given the car keys to the club at the moment. And you'd imagine, you'd hope, you'd expect that in the manager's eyes, it will be all about football and nothing to do with finance. And therefore... The reason I don't think he'll leave is because I think Arsenal will put their arm around him. I think Arsenal will do their utmost to make him feel welcome. Because just imagine, I mean, what an incredible position we'd be in at centre-back if we had Gabriel continuing to play the way he's playing at the moment, which has been outstanding. Ben White constantly developing. And then William Saliba, a really big prospect in the centre-back position in the squad, ready to push for a place in the team. And you could even move on someone like Pablo Mari, who we, in a lot of instances, would class as maybe a bit of the dead wood. Someone that Arsenal brought in, I feel, 
to fill a hole at a certain point, who was never really part of the long-term ambition. And then for argument's sake, you've got Gabriel, White, um, Saliba and Holding. And, and look, people give Holding criticism. He's okay as a fourth choice centre-back. You know, you're not going to get many better players than that that are happy to play that role. Rob Holding certainly seems content with that. So we'd be in quite a strong position moving forward if we were able to bring him back to the club, make him feel welcome, make him feel loved. And, uh, and I think that's really, really important. Let's take some of your thoughts, some of your questions um, in the chat box. So start filling them up. I just want to share with you guys uh, a few uh, stats and facts about William Saliba uh, currently on loan at Marseille. As we said, uh, he's got um, time on his side, just 20 years old. Having a look at some of his recent match ratings, I think this is quite uh, telling. So against Wren, um, I think that's Wren, is it? I'm just testing my... Um, knowledge on the French logos now, bloody hell, you might catch me out here. Against Ren, he put in a uh, rating of 7.4 out of 10. Um, his average rating across the season so far is 7.1, which is pretty sturdy, pretty good. Against Lons, it was 6.7. Against Lille, it was 7.1. Against, what team is that? Oh my God. Jeez, uh, I'm going to catch myself out here. Uh, Lorient, there you go. I can zoom in and check the badge, bloody hell. Uh, Lorient, 6.9 out of 10. And against Paris Saint-Germain, 7.4. So what are we seeing here? We're seeing exactly what I was talking about. We're seeing William Saliba on this kind of up and down, you know, not quite flatlining, not quite performing at a really consistent level at this moment in time. But there are good performances in and amongst decent performances. And, and that's where William Saliba is at at this moment in time. So fingers crossed, you know, we'll see him continuing to develop. He plays on the right side of a, of a defence normally. And you can see from his season uh, heat map that he is predominantly operating from the right-hand side and that he's not afraid to squeeze up the pitch, that he's not afraid to close uh, people down, step out of the back four, if you like, to try and, you know, make things happen. He's, he's quite mobile in that sense. In terms of strengths and weaknesses, and this is according to Sofa Score, they say that long balls, uh, ground jewels, and ball control can sometimes um, be his strengths. Um, but weaknesses is that he's a little bit error prone, and that kind of again feeds into that inconsistency talk, doesn't it? Uh, let's uh, let's continue through some of these because I just wanted to uh, bring a few of the defensive bits um, to your attention. Interceptions per game, he averages 1.2. Tackles per game, 1.7. Um, he's not often dribbled past. He's dribbled past 0.2 times per game on average and makes 2.8 clearances uh, per game. So, you know, pretty positive stats uh, across the kind of defensive side of the game, which is obviously what you primarily look for in a centre-back. So, yeah, look, lots of reason to be optimistic about what William Saliba can do. But for those who were incredibly critical of Mikel Arteta at the time the decision was taken to loan him out. I think you, you're you probably going to at some point have to eat some humble pie on this one because I think William Saliba is going to be, come the end of this season, a much better player for the fact that he has gone back to France. And he's not just playing at any French league and club. He's playing at, for me, the biggest club in France. Now, I know that sounds silly when you think that what PSG are doing um, etc, etc. But still, fan base wise, still, you know, 
in terms of the, the domestic view on things, you know, yes, PSG are the best team, just like Man City are the best team here, but they're not the biggest club, not by any stretch of the imagination. Marseille are a club where there is immense pressure all of the time. And so to see William Saliba go there and have to cope in an environment very similar to the one that he will come up against when he comes back to Arsenal, which is constant pressure to win, constant pressure to perform, a volatile fan base at times who are not afraid to make their feelings known when you're not performing up to the level required. I think it will be a valuable experience for him. I really, really do. Uh, let's take some of your thoughts, some of your questions in the chat box. They can be Saliba or anything else related. I'll happy, happily sorry, take anything. Uh, we'll do that for the last sort of 10 uh, 15 minutes of the show. Let's take this one from uh, Stefan, who says, yes, live, finally. Uh, keep having to watch back. Big up, Harry. Thank you so much, Stefan, and welcome uh, to the live stream, mate. Hope you're well. Uh, Steve Stone says, for his development and to fulfil Arsenal's interests, are you happy that he was loaned back out in France? Yeah, I am. Uh, I, I think that's probably come across uh, quite strongly in the podcast. Uh, it is the way I feel. I do think that at the time, I raised my eyebrows a little bit because we'd lost David Luiz and I didn't envisage us signing Ben White. i got to be honest, I didn't think we'd go out and bring in a £50 million centre-back. So at the time, it was a bit like, whoa. But then when you see what then unfolded, the fact that White came in, somebody that Arteta clearly feels is, is further down the progression line than Saliba, and the fact that that meant his game time would be limited, I think this actually made a lot of sense. Um got this comment um sorry uh, it's Mohammed I think the name is I think you put the name a little bit further down he says Harry I preferred in the past before this season that we return Saliba and put the 50 million that we brought Saliba back I guess is what he's trying to say and put the 50 million pounds not on a defender but on a top class midfielder instead I felt that a top class midfielder was a priority this summer and when I assessed Arsenal's transfer window that was the bit that stopped me calling it a very good window. I think it was good in a lot of ways and in a lot of aspects, but that was the bit that kind of I sat there and, and was regretting come the end of the window because I do think we really needed to improve in that position. We needed to bring back up in, in that position as well, and we didn't do it. Um, Steve says, squad building is hard and you can't keep everyone happy. If he doesn't want to come back and fight for his place, then that's not a player we should want, no matter how good his highlights are. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. Uh, Junior Gunner, not Saliba related, but says, um, Harry, I'd like to hear your thoughts on the Aussie baller who came out. I think it's class that the lad had the cojones to feel like he can express himself freely in a hyper-masculine uh, sport. Yeah, look, I think I think it's obviously brilliant. And, and Josh Cavallo, is, uh, for those of you that don't know, um, has come out as being gay. Um, and he's he's a footballer, uh, currently plays for Adelaide, I think, uh, in the A-League, Adelaide United. Um, and he's one of the first, if not the first person to come out and, you know, in, in that kind of environment and, and, and be open and clear about it. And I think it's good because I think it's immensely brave. And I think that it kind of sets the tone and, and will, when that, the way that it's been received, I think will go a long way in helping people that, are in his position that maybe do keep it under wraps to be able to feel like they can do it, that they can come out, they can be themselves, they can be open, they can be honest about it. There will inevitably be idiots online that will give him stick about it. And there will probably be idiots in the football stadium that will give him stick about it because people, unfortunately, nowadays are not mature enough 
to understand things um, and people in general can be arseholes, to be honest, to put it for wanting of a better term, wanting of a better word. So there will be some criticism, but I think the majority um, of us who are sensible, who are, you know, very inclusive in terms of, you know, not really giving a shit about somebody's sexuality or or any other issue, you just judge them for what they do and what they're doing. And I, I think that the majority of people are like that and will embrace it and will be happy and, and will say well done to him and then not really let it impact either way um their view on him moving forward so yeah for me look i'm i'm just i'm glad that somebody's done it i'm glad that he's done it i'm glad that um he's felt that he could do that in our sport that's often criticized as being a bit of a caveman sport and i hope that in the future that will encourage more high profile footballers to come out and high profile sportsmen in general to do the same but yeah great to see man and um Great to see, as you said, that he had the cojones to do it. Uh, let's see what else we've got. Um, da -da 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 -da. Uh, some of you suggesting that Arsenal could move to a back three when Saliba comes back to the club. It's a possibility. Um, no doubt about that. Let's see uh, what else we've got in the live chat box. Um Lots of you making that point about the back three. Um, Riddy says, Harry, what about Daniel Ballard? Do you think he has a future with us considering that Holding and Mary might leave? I'm not sure. Um, I've got to be honest, Riddy. I haven't watched a lot of Daniel Ballard out on loan. Um, and I'm not best positioned to comment on whether he's good enough. I think from what I hear and from what I read and from what I understand that there are people within the football club that still feel that he can come back and play a part. But I, I would be lying, my friend, if I if I told you that he's definitely good enough. I, I don't know, is the honest answer to that. Um, Graham says, uh, we know that Arteta doesn't ever back down. Saliba is young and plays in the same team as Guendouzi. So it'll be no surprise if he was talking big. If he goes, he goes. We're not short in this area. Yeah, I think the the, the if he goes, he goes bit is, is really powerful here. Because for me, I've never managed to get my head around why so many Arsenal fans feel emotionally attached and invested in William Saliba, considering we've never seen him play a competitive game in an Arsenal shirt. I don't know how you can have that aff affiliation with a player or how you can feel that connection to a player who hasn't played for us. And I think a lot of it is, well, I think there's there's different elements to this. I think the, one of the elements is people that are just so anti-Mikel Arteta and the, the current setup at the moment that they will look for any reason to criticise them. And the William Saliba thing is something that you can use, that you can argue was handled very, very poorly. It was handled poorly in a lot of ways, but the fact that it was handled poorly and 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 didn't go the way we wanted it to go or wasn't handled as smoothly as it should have been doesn't mean that it was wrong to send him out on loan in general. So I think a lot of this fake affection or that's what I'm going to call it. Fake affection or over the top love for William Saliba is because a lot of people want to use this as a stick to beat Mikel Arteta with. People won't like to admit that people won't, won't like me saying that, but I think if they look deep down, it's just another thing in a line of things that they want to criticize Mikel Arteta for. And I don't think enough thought has been given to whether or not he is, you know, 
that he is ready to play for Arsenal Football Club. And instead, the agenda stuff from a completely different subject has um, has spilled over here. And that's why people's view on Saliba seems to be so extreme one way or the other. When I look at this whole argument about whether he's ready or not for Arsenal, I, I do always approach these arguments with quite a bit of caution because, as I've said before, we're not privy to what goes on in the training ground. We don't know these guys personally. We don't really have the full picture as fans to be able to say one way or the other whether the decision was the right one. And I think we as fans can get carried away and can be guilty of our imaginations and hopes running away from us when it comes to certain players. If you think about Gabriel Martinelli, who we've talked a lot about in the last couple of days on this show, um, I keep saying that I think we need to recalibrate in our own minds where Gabriel Martinelli actually is as a footballer in terms of his progression. Because I think in the minds of a lot of us, he was a lot further down the line than he actually is. I think Mikel Arteta pretty much alluded to that in a recent press conference as well, that there needs to be more reality around the perception of, of Gabriel Martinelli's level at present. And actually, when he's given the opportunities recently, we've not seen him taken with both hands and we've not seen him perform at the level that a lot of us feel he can, which causes me to think that maybe we'd got carried away in the first place. And I think the same can be applied here with, uh, with Saliba as well. The only one... The only situation I think is a little bit different is the Gwendouzi one because we did see a lot of Gwendouzi. So I think we were in a much better position as fans to judge whether we felt he was ready or not or, or you know, someone that could be of, a, of good use to us or if we should move him on. I think that one, I'm, I'm more open to entertaining the argument either way because I think we have more of a sample size as a fan base to go on. When it comes to Saliba, though, We've got nothing to go on because he's never played a competitive game for Arsenal. So where does rating him so highly come from? And where does what I call the fake affection come from? I don't get it. Let's see what else we've got in the live um, in the live chat box. Uh, let's see. Um, Andreas in the chat mentions uh, Gostandinos Mavrobanos, who is playing very well and scoring in Germany. Uh, for Stuttgart at the moment, he says he was never given a chance at Arsenal. Yeah, maybe not, um, you know, not given enough of a chance anyway. I agree. But I also don't think that stylistically he fits into what Mikel Arteta sees as a must for a centre-back. And I think that that comes down to style. It doesn't mean that he's necessarily a bad player. And I think over the years, you've seen many players who stylistically don't fit with a manager, a philosophy, a particular coach. And as a result, they're moved on. Um, you know, again, with him, the sample size in an Arsenal shirt was very, very small, um, doing a very good job in Germany. And long may it continue. You know, he's as a as a fellow Greek, I'd love to see him, you know, really go on and have a great career. But I just don't think he, like Socrates in a lot of ways, had the same attribute, uh, had the attributes that Mikel Arteta was looking for. I don't think Mikel ever questioned his attitude. And I think he talked glowingly about Socrates when he left the club, about how good he was in 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 all the kind of other aspects but technically I'm just not sure Mavrobanos is at the level that Mikel's looking for from his centre-backs and and I you know time will tell if it was the right decision or not but I you know good luck to him I wish him all the best but sometimes as a coach you just don't fancy players right and they just don't fit into your system um Rodriguez says Harry you sound like Arteta 
when it comes to Saliba, it's not true that Saliba cannot do better than either Gab or Ben White. I didn't say that he cannot do better. I said that Mikel Arteta feels that Gabriel and Ben White are both at a higher level right now. And I agree with that. I agree with that. Well, shoot me if you, if you disagree, that's fine. But I think nobody's saying that Saliba doesn't have potential. Nobody's saying that Saliba can't go on and be a very, very good centre-back. But the inconsistencies in his performances this season, last season, during his time at St Etienne, are there for everybody to see who will care to look. For everybody who will care to sit down and watch William Saliba and not just watch a highlights compilation that someone threw together on Twitter, um, you know, where you're looking at three minutes of footage rather than 90. If you care to look deeply and watch him properly and study him a little bit more, you will see that there are ups and downs in William Saliba. And at this moment in time, there are more downs than you're getting out of Ben White or more downs than you're getting out of, of Gabriel. And so for the time being, that decision that Mikel made looks justified. Let's see what else we've got. Um, let's see. Um, Steve says, Harry, the constant sound bites from anyone willing to talk about it doesn't help. Remember, even his fitness coach chirped up saying, I don't understand why he doesn't start. We all know why. He's 20. Exactly. Um, I don't I don't understand why, you know, on the one hand, we said that William Saliba was part of a group of transfers completed by Raul Sanlehi in which the club were, you know, were found to have probably paid over the odds. So we're saying that we paid too much for him. And then on the other hand, we're saying that we actually should be playing him every single week as a consequence of the fact we paid so much for him. So for me, it's just, it's, it's all contradictory. It's all hypocritical. You know, I think that, um, I think that for me, he is someone with potential and a lot of what we paid was for the potential, but potential, as I always say, it's become one of my catchphrases on this podcast. Potential means jack shit, if not fulfilled. Um, and it's as simple as that. So yeah, that's my, um, that's my take on the Saliba thing. Am I, Overly worried that he's not going to come back. No, I think he probably will come back. I hope he does come back. Um, and he's given an opportunity to prove what he can do at Arsenal. Um, but if he doesn't, he doesn't. And I might be a little bit disappointed because I feel like there is something there in William Saliba. But I can tell you this, I will not be losing my shit over it. Because how can I? I've not seen him play one single game for Arsenal Football Club. Right, let's go back over to the poll before we wrap up uh, the stream. Let's get some uh, final results in. If you haven't done so already, please do hit the like button. We've got a fair few of you watching at the moment, but we've only got 36 likes on the board. So make sure you smash the like button if you haven't already. Make sure you subscribe to the channel if you're new. Make sure you check out all our recent content, whether that's via the audio platforms or right here on YouTube. So the poll was, are you worried William Saliba may want to leave the club in the summer? And 60% of you still say yes. 40% of you say no. As I say, I'm leaning slightly towards the no. Um, so I'm with the 40% at this moment in time um, because I, you know, I think it's too early to to say that. I think a lot can change. And as I say, if he continues to progress, he, he might look at the decision to loan him out very differently and say, well, actually, didn't like it at the time, but um, look, I've become a much better player for it. And I've had a really cracking season. and I've really enjoyed that. 
And he also might look at Arsenal and look at Arsenal improving and say, well, Ben White and Gabriel have done a wonderful job in steadying that Arsenal defence. And therefore, Mikel Arteta was justified in his decision, in which case everybody wins. And sometimes you can't see um, the reasoning for something until it's unfolded. And maybe when he looks at it in a few months time, when the season comes to an end, he will look at it a little bit differently. And therefore, the animosity or the the rift that he has, supposedly, according to some of these reports, towards Mikel Arteta will evaporate or or his stance on him will soften and then everything changes and it becomes a very, very different outlook. So I think there's a lot, you know, that can happen in the next few months and that's why I'm not stressing about it at this moment in time. I just wanted to discuss it because of the reports coming out. I think it was worth a, a conversation, but I think it was worth a conversation anyway. And it's one that, as I mentioned earlier on, I've wanted to kind of explore um, over the um, uh, over the, the last few days. And we we finally got to do that. Uh, a Skywalker says, uh, Harry, do you feel sorry for these Arsenal fans who have different views than yours? I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Why would I feel sorry for someone that has a different view? If it's different to mine, fair play. Um, and, and I've never, ever taken issue with people having a different view to me as long as when they put that view across, they do it in the right way. So come on, tell me why. Tell me why you disagree. Give me reasons to back up your point. Don't just say, for example, when I say that Granit Xhaka is an imperative part of this team, don't just say Granit Xhaka is shit. My two-year-old can say Granit Xhaka is shit if I put him up to it. Doesn't mean anything. Doesn't carry any weight. I don't feel sorry for people with a different view to me. I feel sorry for people whose views are, or I feel sorry for people who can't think for themselves and will just jump on bandwagons and make up stuff and then throw kind of generic statements like this player's shit or that player's shit or this player shouldn't be the captain because they heard it from someone else and and have no substance to what they're saying. Because I think that is, I think if you're like that, you're not enjoying football in the way that it can be enjoyed. I feel like you're you're missing a massive part of it. A massive part of football is opinions. And, and the only way you can have lots of different varying opinions and lots of good debates and lots of good discussions is if you explore those opinions, beef them up and then exchange them rather than just, you know, Granite Xhaka's crap. Ben White's crap or, or whatever it is that some people throw out there. And there is a lot of that, you know, especially on social media. There is a lot of that. So, um, yeah, that's where I'm at. Cool. We are going to leave it there. I'll be back very, very soon with more Arsenal and football related content. Tomorrow we'll be starting our build up towards Arsenal's trip to Leicester City at the weekend in the Premier League. That is going to be a very, very difficult fixture, you'd imagine. Um, we're hopefully going to hear from Mikel Arteta at some point tomorrow as well. I'm also going to be joined by Talk Sport presenter who's been on the show before. I'm sure you've seen him, Jake Watson, uh, Leicester City fan. He'll be joining me. I think the last time he was on was when we were talking about James Madison. He'll be with me on the show tomorrow as we look ahead to that one. I'll catch you all very, very soon. Until next time, take care of yourselves. Enjoy your evening. Enjoy your day, depending on when or where you're listening to this from. Until then, goodbye. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.